and welcome to Cruising for a Reviewsin, the podcast where I get a friend to watch a Tom Cruise movie they've never seen before and then review it with me. I'm your host, Cara Westworth, and I'm rejoined by Cam to finish our review of Minority Report. Hello again. How are you? Thanks for rejoining me to finish the smashing conclusion to Minority Report. I am happy to talk about this movie for another four or five hours with Fuck you. Yeah. I've decided that I'm going to start taking notes the first time I watch most movies now because I notice more. Yeah, I've been trying for each review to watch the movie really casually and then do a proper watch with writing notes mm. or the other way around. Yeah, you see more when you and you remember more because you've writing it down as you go along. Yeah. I feel like you do process it a bit better. Yeah. And then as you're writing something down, you're like, I don't know what happened just then. And then you're you're like, oh, I don't know. Maybe it's not a great way to watch a movie, but Yeah, I guess you can't do it in a cinema either. No. But, you know, nowadays we have the benefit of being able to pause and jump back 30 seconds at any point. And probably good for movies that we want to talk about later in some way. Maybe not Frozen 2. You mightn't do that too. I mean, also not with other people. Yeah, I know. Ben came home last night and I was watching it and I kept pausing it. I'm like, I'm like, he went to bed because he would have been driven mad because I'm like what what was that rewind <laughs> brought it again rewind two more times just to be sure um so what we got up to last week is that basically John had just escaped he just escaped from Danny Whitwer who was chasing him through a Lexus car manufacturing plant that was completely unmanned and in an a bit, abandoned like fucking derelict <laughs> warehouse that had primo sports cars coming spitting out the big, doors big clear tubs of water yeah for some reason just so they could blast into them with their cool yeah. Non-lethal weapons. Uh, Yeah, so he's just escaped and... I guess he doesn't know what to do. He doesn't, they don't really explain this very well, but he goes to visit Dr. Iris. Uh, yeah, who... it feels like there was um, some editing there. Mm. They might have had to cut some stuff out for time because it is, you know, a two and a half hour movie. Yeah. And yeah, so he's going to see the woman who basically pioneered the whole pre-crime thing and discovered pre-cogs and all of that. Professor I guess. Sprout. Yeah, basically <laughs> Professor Sprout because when he climbs over her fence to go, like he didn't know why he didn't just go to the front door, but anyway, he broke in and got attacked by living vines that like swiped him and turns out they were poisoning him and shit to give him like an antidote. So yeah, they were poisoning die. him hard. Yeah. So yeah, basically Professor Sprout, after she, he kind of recovers from the poison, he asks if previsions can be fake. I guess that's why he's there. He wants to find yeah, out. Yeah, he wants to find out what's going on with this whole I'm going to kill someone thing. Like, I've never met this person. There's no way I would kill them. And she's like, well, they can't be faked. Because of the grain of the wood. <laughs> let's, let's never forget. You can't fake a prediction <laughs> because they carved them into wooden balls. Exactly. And wooden balls cannot be faked. Ever. And so she actually talks about how pregogs were basically born of parents who are addicted to heroin. So these kids are born with yeah, the cognitive or- abilities. The original of- versions of the drug gave the children of the women taking it severe brain damage and the few that survived had psychic predictive yeah. powers. I think a lot of them had the abilities, but most of them would just die. Yeah. They- she described it as like, serious brain damage. Yeah. Which in the original story, apparently the they called them mutants and they were kids who were really, really severely intellectually disabled, but then they would use a computer to put together what oh, they yeah. were seeing into, yeah, which is around in the 50s, so you imagine what... <laughs> so it was kind of a similar thing, just the precogs had less awareness. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, the ethics is still dubious yeah. no matter which way you look but at we'll it. we'll get into that but, soon. That, <laughs> yeah. That's when things start to change. Yeah, so she wasn't, she didn't invent pre-crime as such. She was basically trying to help these children and then they worked out that. Well, at least that's her excuse. That's, that was, that's, <laughs> that's what she says. And then they worked out that they were dreaming about murders and then they realised that these murders were things that were actually going to happen and they figured out, okay, these yeah. These poor brain damaged kids were falling asleep and having nightmares about stuff all night. And then we figured out it was true. So then we immediately Immediately dunked the kids in some photon milk and put them to work. Also, what I don't understand is, do they only see immediate, like in the immediate area? Or... Yeah, I was wondering about that too because they're talking about this big plan to extend their, you know, pre-crime system nationwide. They've also made it very clear that they've only got these three precogs and yeah. they all need to be together to work. How much are they expecting to get out of these guys? Like, yeah, how can do they, they cover the whole country? Even if they could, like, is there enough bandwidth for them to? Like, how many predictions can they see in a minute? Yeah, and, uh, was, these are all the things I thought when she was talking. I'm like, oh, there's so many questions that would never be answered for me. So yeah, a lot of questions that we unfortunately. Unfortunately, dear listener, we cannot give you an answer 
the two. I just um, think they're being a little overambitious with the scope of this yes, program. Yes, which I think is one of the first... That's all Colin Farrell had to say was like, and how the bloody hell is this going to work? Yeah. And they'd be like, oh, because they don't know. No one knows. So she talks about, yeah, that you can't fake one of these pre-visualizations, but sometimes they don't all agree. So Yeah, that's her little mysterious, I'm going to say this as I'm walking away. Ta-da, ta-da. To pique your interest, Mr. Cruz. <laughs> sometimes one of the three will see something different, whether it's very different or a little bit different, and they call it a minority report. So basically... Love it when they do that. And so they usually actually discard the minority report, so they go with what two of them see. But the problem is the minority report is almost always Agatha. She's the strongest one, so which is a very big flaw yeah. in the plan. She's like, you have to go, there's one copy always left, and it's kept in the safest place possible, which is in the precog who saw it, and he's like, which one is it? And he's like, well, it's always going to be Agatha, because yeah. she's the most powerful of but them. Yeah, it's kind of, she's kind of admitting that every now and again, they have one where they know it's probably wrong. Yeah. And they go ahead with it anyway and hide the fact that yeah. it's probably wrong. Yeah, so systems... Absolutely not perfect at all. She warns him not to trust anyone. If he wants to find the minority report, he'll have to get it from Agatha and extract it out of her somehow, which is like a good touch on the fact that he gets has had memories of his own removed yeah. from his brain by a hacker. Basically, that's the only way to kind of prove that he's not going to do this thing. And then randomly, she gives him a big snitch. Yeah, she tells him all this stuff and then she sticks her tongue down his throat. <laughs> like, that's a woman getting what that, she wants, I guess. That blew my mind. Yeah, that was like... So uncalled for. It's not an uncommon thing. Maybe that's my a new I Tom mean, Cruiseism because there's been a couple of movies where women have forcibly kissed Tom Cruise and true. Like, is he so charismatic that women just because I mean him? it wasn't just a kiss on the mouth. It was a sexual kiss. Yeah, it was a very passionate. Yeah, yeah. She had her tongue like you could feel it, like her tongue running across his like clenched together teeth. That's fine because Tom Cruise tongue kisses like a fucking slippery slug sometimes in these movies. So he would have been like he's getting some comeuppance, I think. She also suggests very strongly that if he doesn't want to get caught, that he should be able to find a way to get an eye transplant. Like she doesn't yeah. say that exactly, but she hints for it. It's like, and what the retinal scans will get me straight away. She's like, do you think a cop in your position won't know a way around that? And he's yeah, like, yeah, she's like, you know, dodgy people. Yeah, because they mentioned it. Before. Oh, who mentioned it? Oh, that's right. When they're talking about Anne Lively, who was the drowning victim, they said the reason the guy who tried to kill her was never ID'd. He's like, well, when they do a retinal scan, he's like, ah, oh, he's got someone else's yeah, eyes. Yeah, he's had his you eyes. Can get that done by a few thousand dollars in the street these days. Yeah. So all load, these little scenes. Load planted. that Chekhov's gun. <laughs> so yeah, that's fucking what he's gonna go do. So um, also Danny at this point has taken over taking control of pre-crime. He's pretty sure that John will try and prove his innocence, which is true, because why would you think that you're going to shoot a complete stranger that you have mm. no idea who this person well, is? Well, they always run. That's the thing. Always run. doesn't matter what the prediction says. Everyone says it's, they're not going to do it. John immediately goes to get eye surgery from a widow surgeon. I can't remember who the actor is who plays him, but he's... he's Peter Stromer. And th- again, that's one of the reasons I really love this movie is that it has a great cast. It's and real good. Lots of people I really loved kept popping up. I don't like Neil McDonough's face, but I really like Neil McDonough's acting, yep. and I love Peter Stromer. Mm. He's just fucking weird. Fucking weird. So, like, as he injects John with this anesthesia. Yeah, of so some he's kind. a black market surgeon doing eye transplants. But he admits that, oh, I actually know you because you put me away previously because I was a plastic surgeon who specialized in burn victims, but often a lot of the victims are people I'd burnt myself. And yeah. <laughs> like, again, because Tom Cruise is high as hell and he's like laughing about it as they yeah. have this conversation because he's being given the smiley drug or whatever. Yeah, because of the smiley drug. Yeah. Smiley drug. So yeah, they have this discussion about how Tom Cruise put him away ages ago because, and then he's saying things like, oh yeah, you made those videos. He's like, they were performance the pieces. on fire. Yeah. I put them all out, some quicker than others. But, I'm like, wow, this guy's fucked. This is the one part of the movie that I feel like I've missed something or I couldn't follow because I like this movie. It feels like it's complex without being complicated. There's lots going on, but it usually comes together pretty well. This is mm. the one bit I couldn't figure out because he drugs him and and then this black market surgeon sitting there talking about how bad Tom Cruise screwed him over and how now's my chance to get revenge and he's got him completely at his mercy. Then he just does the eye transplant. And he also says, well, because we we go way back, I'm going to give you a discount. Yeah, and like, yeah, it gives him a few little bonuses. Like some, yeah. 
I thought he was going to kill him. Maybe. I was waiting for him to like go to kill him and then or torture him and then Tom Cruise to have to like break out half paralyzed or something. I was so confused as to why they bothered having that moment for then it just to not That's really amount true. to anything. The only thing I can think of is that maybe he makes more money now. You wouldn't tell by the commie apartment, but I yeah, think that's also like the dodgy place they do it. Yeah, I think that's, that's more of a, that's just a place we can leave you blindfolded for yeah. 16 hours and no one's going to turn up. Yeah, because I'm wondering if he like, he's this is a more lucrative thing for him or he gets more enjoyment out of doing black market eyeball changes. Mm. Then that's why, I don't know. You're right. That's, that is strange. Like, I why just don't understand why. Yeah, because he's, he's doing this whole thing like, you screwed me. It's my chance to get you back. You know, just but going some, ahead with this transaction exactly the way. <laughs> and then here's, a, here's some cool mask technology for you to oh, make it. Oh, yeah, that's really cool. It gives him after after he has the surgery is, isn't actually like do that even much. the sandwich he made him looked really nice. Yeah, that's true. It's true, and he underpaid him as well. So he's like, "That's all I can get out without raising suspicion." And I'm like, "Anyway, I just just can't figure that out. Whatever, I'm prepared to accept it. It's Peter Stromer. As long as it gets him in the movie, I'm fine." And he was making that like singing that weird song with a weird nurse yeah. who kept pinching Tom Cruise's bup, butt. Bup. Yeah, and he was going like a whack whack sound. Yeah, <laughs> oh, no, he did, he did. She was singing, and then he'd do the quack quack. Yeah, <laughs> quack, quack. So yeah, the eye surgery seems to go through. He also gives him this weird injection that you inject and it makes your face become like a rubber mask kind of. I think it's, it's like it pr- paralyzes all your muscles and makes basically your face go all melty and yeah. slack. You're going to need this as well. And I'm like, oh, that's a nice freebie. Like, yeah. didn't need to do that, but he did. Makes Comes him a lovely later. sandwich. <laughs> makes him a sandwich and a bottle of milk in the fridge. Doesn't clean out the fridge. So when John goes to sleep, you got to leave the thing yeah. on for 12 hours. Don't itch. Don't you just have to basically sleep, drink lots of water, have the sandwich in the fridge, mm. whatever. Even even devises a cool little like navigation system using some yep. ropes tied to his wrists. It's very helpful. An alarm clock that will go off <laughs> as soon as he's allowed to take his eye, his mask off. All that sort of stuff. Except when he gets up to go eat, he grabs an old sandwich and the old bottle of milk, which are all fucking rancid and bright green. Extremely graphically rancid. Like that got to me. I was not expecting. There was a giant maggot on the, which almost looked like a witchy grub mm. on the sandwich. I'm like, how do maggots get into the fridge? Yeah. <laughs> which, uh, and like the light was on in the fridge, but it clearly wasn't very cold. No. So yeah, yeah, either way, it was graphic, and I wasn't expecting it in that moment, and like I drived. Yeah, I I know. It's it's actually fucking disgusting. It really is a repulsive. Like, give me that six stick over any of it. Was in that. In terms of like, yeah, they did it really well. It's it's not you know repulsive for any other reason than it's like a great little moment of you being surprised by something executed very well, and Tom Cruise really looking upset about it. Eating the worst sandwich ever, the most rotten sandwich ever, and then putting the world's most rotten milk in your mouth. like Trying to wash your mouth out I just with like, all right, chunky green milk. Oh, 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 now I'm getting the gag just thinking about it. Gross. It really it really is a powerful <laughs> moment. He also um, asked to keep his old eyes. He's like, why do you want to keep them? He's like, because my mother gave them to me. Witty line. <laughs> didn't didn't land. No. <laughs> I was trying to work out, are the eyeballs in that thing of ice? Because he drinks the water out of the ice to wash his mouth out after eating all yeah, the water I guess, stuff. Yeah, I guess they, no, were they the ones, the, the the new eyeballs came in. Oh, that might have been. Yeah. Yeah. Because terrifying German nurse Van Eyck or something. She comes in carrying the big cooler and takes the eyeballs out. Oh, uh, yeah. Where do I take out the eyes from? I'm oh. going to, I choose to believe it's the drug dealer at the start. Oh, yeah. Why not? No, oh, no it's a good Japanese yeah, it's, name. Yeah, it's Yakimoto. Yeah, so surgery seems to go well. He's left alone to recover. He goes to sleep. Obviously, after a traumatic eye surgery, probably a good idea. Just he gets just high sleep. and goes to sleep. We've oh, all does been he? there. Or does he take Because, um, yeah, again, this guy who hates him and who he put in prison being way nicer than he needs to. He's like, oh, by the way, here's some of your favourite drug sent from a mutual friend. Does he say that? Yeah. Oh, I missed that. He puts the neuron in his mouth, like the little puffer in his yeah. mouth, and he's like, from a mutual friend friend of ours or a little birdie so it's either the drug dealer or yeah oh there you go so yeah he goes to sleep and that's this is and this is actually the first scene in the whole movie that's shot just normal color because the whole movie is kind of yeah it's the only thing that's not blue yeah in the whole movie they do some sort of i don't know acid wash or something it's got some fancy term to make well it, it was like the real peak of kind of that period in cinema where movies were all blue and orange like and every movie poster was blue and orange like the film noirish kind yeah. of feel that they were kind of going for uh so this one this scene is shot in full normal colour. They're at a swimming pool and it's basically the what happened to Sean and his son. They're holding their breath under the water in a very busy public pool and when John goes down to hold his breath, his son's nicked and yeah, immediately. It, unbelievably nicked. Yeah, um, yeah, because like... <laughs> as I said, magically pedophiled away. <laughs> Zap and he's gone. It's, it's, there's a very busy crowd there. This kid's old enough that someone would have... That guy would have had to... The amount of time Tom Cruise was underwater, whoever took him would have had to be running, like yeah. at a pace with a kid under his arm. Yeah. 
And then because the watch is holding gets knocked down and yeah. into the water, that's how he knows comes back up straight away. And also happens because Tom Cruise looks away from his son to laugh at a fat kid. Did you notice? Yeah. <laughs> like this kid, this little chubby kid swims past and he like stops and looks at him and like laughs and <laughs> points and then looks back up as the kid swims past again behind him. Yeah, because like. Oh, mate, oh, pedophile, mate. Like, he didn't know that John was going to look away at that point. Yeah, exactly. Like, like this is... Yeah, very risky, but it worked. So, you know. True. Maybe they didn't want to drag out the <laughs> pedophile snatch. Yeah, they don't want to go into too much detail about what <laughs> happened there, how it happened, yeah. or, you know. Just... But also, Tom Cruise, even before, even though this is before Mission Impossible 5, where he learns how to hold his breath for six minutes, I think he could hold his breath for a yeah. long time. They could have drawn it out a little bit longer. Mm. But anyway, that's all right. They're going to do that in about 30 seconds But anyway. also, like, this is the one type of acting Tom Cruise can't do, is, what? like, happy fan. Because as soon as he's doing, like in that scene at the beginning when he's high on Euro and talking yeah. to the video of his son, smiley Tom Cruise, like super happy, wholesome Tom Cruise, is Scientologist Tom Cruise. <laughs> Maybe to you. <laughs> and I can't distinguish those two. So in that scene, I just felt like, it's like, okay, I don't believe you anymore. <laughs> well, I beg to differ, but that maybe that's just me. Because <laughs> I feel like I've seen that version of him so much when he's not performing. Yeah. But then again, I think he is always performing. Yeah, that's a whole other conversation. Rhythm, yeah, you may be right, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so we find out what happened. Um, He wakes up and that's when he, oh, that's when he does all the rotten milk shit in yeah. the fridge. Uh, meanwhile, pre-crime has found, I don't, don't know how they found the building. Um, They've somehow, unless they're just searching random buildings around because I couldn't work out mm. what they... I think they're just sweeping the city. Maybe, yeah. They actually send in these things called spiders, which apparently the, the design for that was imagine if Porsche designed a hand grenade and that's what they came up with for the spiders. These little These weird little puck-like discs that really say, They kind of look like the tripods from War of the Worlds. Yeah, because I think... I don't know if... It's Spielberg or someone said, like, the idea of three legs is humans... Well, it doesn't occur in nature. Yeah, so it's, it freaks us out. It's, yeah. it's unnatural. These spiders get up and then they're three, little three legs and they're very cute. They tip a tappy around. Also, they're, like, way more ten steps technologically against above almost anything else we've seen. That's, yeah, super futuristic. And they're, all, they're just basically portable eye scanners. Yeah. But if you don't know anything about this movie and you don't even know about the touchscreen weird thing, you must know about these little spiders scanning I'd things. never seen them before. I had, I'd what? never seen or heard of them before this. This is one of the things about Minority Port that I was wow. completely new to that's me. Okay. That's great because that's one of the yeah. coolest bits of the movies. Oh, wow. I thought that was one yeah. of the main things people I knew. actually, I really loved that sequence. I thought it was put together really well from yeah. kind of a filming. And they did the thing that Ben pointed out that Steven Spielberg enjoys doing is the shot all from above. Yeah, that's what I was about to comment on that too. Yeah. That, that kind of bird's eye, that top-down view where you're kind of seeing through the ceiling down into all these apartments as the spiders run through. Yeah, like and normal life and then everyone everyone's stopping, stopping, getting you, scanned. I thought that was really really cool and really well done you've got you know the old guy sitting on the toilet letting himself get scanned you've got the couple who are having a big fight who stop dead let themselves get scanned go straight back into (laughs) it you've got the mum trying to calm her kids down yeah it worked really well and that was a really good moment of kind of enforcing that oh yeah there's no murders and the police are non-violent but there is still a panoptic on there this is still you know yeah it's the the friendliest version of 1984 john figures out what's going on pretty quickly he kind of blocks the door because they kind of slip under doors and everything. He blocks it off and his plan is to pause all the ice into a bathtub and he's going to hide his, I guess they read yeah, signatures. They, well, they start by saying, you know, they've got their pilot out in their spaceship yeah. saying, I read 27 or whatever heat signatures inside. So they know how many people they're looking to scan yeah. and then he has to hide. So he hides and like, oh, is one of them disappears. Like, maybe it was a cat. It's like, a big cat. Uh, so yeah, he's hiding under the water. The spiders can't find him and they're about to get away with it except one little bubble pops out of his nose. And then the spiders just decide to tase the bathtub. Yeah, until he to see out. what happens. <laughs> I don't, like, they didn't know it was there. One of them just, like, zaps the water and he yeah. has to... And I mean, then there's a zap. They, they can actually yeah. feel there's something in there. Just a fun fact about that scene is apparently Stimmersberg just thought you would CGI the bubble in, but Tom Cruise is like, absolutely not. I we, can do we a single nose bubble. Yeah, I can. No, I agree, though. I think that if you faked that, it'd be really obvious. Yeah. I think it'd be hard to fake well. But again, like... I thought that scene was cool and it was really tense for a bit. But then again, it's another one of these moments in this movie that doesn't have much of a point. Like, it doesn't work. So it's kind of just a 90 seconds of building tension for no reason. Well, it's like, well, the, no, it's because he's not, it's only been six hours. He's meant to have his things closed for. Yeah, but what I'm 12, saying is yeah. the whole the whole effort of hiding doesn't pay off. He's still like, oh, he yeah. may as well have not hidden in yeah. terms of the story and where we go from there. I guess, I guess he was just it's thinking. It's more just Tom Cruise really needed to show off how long he could hold 
hold his breath yeah. for, so we have to put this in here. But he can't get away with it because then he's escaped. Yeah. They need to catch him still, so it's like, okay, I'm going to do this. It's going to work perfectly. And then a bubble fuck it all up. Yep, that's one fucking <laughs> bubble. Uh, but his eye, the eye surgery worked. It doesn't render him blind. They scan his eye, which would that would hurt. I feel like the way oh. they showed it No, because I thought what he does there is they once they've got him and they know the little spiders are on him, he goes, well, I'm either getting arrested or I'm getting scanned. Yeah. So he peels up one side yeah. and you see that eye go white. I went yeah. back and looked. You see that eye turn cloudy white as they're scanning it. So he's blind in one eye. Okay. And he leaves the other one covered. So he opens that one, gets scanned and goes blind in that eye at I the same time. Because I didn't the eyes were different colours later yeah. on in the movie. So, oh, okay, I didn't so, even So, yeah, that. that's that's his workaround. He's like, okay, I can just pop one out. Okay, that's a really good point. I didn't notice. I'm like, did it fuck up his eye? Because one eye is slightly different colour to... Yeah, the... I actually... Yeah, that was the thing where I went back and had a look. I was like, and yeah, they, they do make a point of showing his eye cloud over mm. as the as it's getting scanned. Ouch, that would hurt. No, thank you. Also, I don't think retinal... Do you think retinal technology is going to be a thing that... I mean, we've already got it. We, I mean, we do, but like, do you think it's going to be something we use en masse like that? Do we need to? Potentially. We're entering all our information into our phones anyway, do they? <laughs> yeah, it's, I guess it's, there's always benefit from a political standpoint to being able to place the body in space. Well, what are they, what the are they doing in China? Because I know they're doing that. Is it such a, it's just face scans, right? They, yeah, there's facial recognition we've got face already. Scans. That's that's covering most of London too, as far as I'm aware. Yeah, so we probably won't need to focus just on eyes. No. It'll just be a full um, face. I guess eyes come into play once we're in a world where it's really, really cheap and easy to change your face. That's when they start using the eyes. Yeah, fair enough. I mean, see people do makeup tutorials and you're like, what the hell? How is that the same person? So yeah, and, and there's, you know, there's techniques where you can use certain hard-angled lines. And Apparently there, that doesn't work as well as you'd hope. Yeah, but there are there are definitely some things, especially if it's not on your actual face, but, you, you know, there are things you can use to mask. break those systems. Yes, exactly. <laughs> All right, Danny reviews the previews again and he actually figures out that there is... So there's John, there's... Leo Crow, the victim, and there's apparently a, a third man, person, a man staring through the window with glasses. That a really they, cool guy. Yeah, real cool dude. And then he figures out there's a fourth person, and they, he figures out pretty quickly that it must be Agatha, who's mm. it's a bald woman that looks very familiar. So it's obviously Agatha. And if Anderton is with Agatha in the future, that means he's coming to get her right now. And fucking, what do you know? That's what he's doing. So it's obviously been enough time that his eyeballs healed. He just sort of strolls in. He's wearing sunglasses, which I mean, given no one's seems to be wearing sunglasses in this whole movie. I feel like that would be throwing mm. more attention to it. Also, yeah, in this world, I feel like sunglasses would not be encouraged. Yeah. Like, if you're wearing sunglasses in the world where your eye is your identity and you get scanned all the time. But then also, I think like people would be wearing them a lot because you'd be like, I don't want my name yelled out in the fucking subway about what pants I should be buying. So, <laughs> I know I'd be wearing sunglasses a lot more. Goes to the uh, cop station, I don't know. Yeah, he goes back to work. Goes back to his office. And we find out why he wanted to keep it. So, he does the weird face things to make himself like an old melty man. Yeah, it just melts his face a little bit, gives him a triple chin. <laughs> Doesn't change too much. It's actually, it's actually pretty cool, like the makeup. Like it, yeah. it looked like Tom Cruise that just melted. Yeah, it is it is a pretty cool effect. I quite liked it actually because it's that thing where it's believable in that it doesn't completely change his face. It's not yeah. magic. It just kind of makes it all go really limp so he just looks older and saggier. Yeah. But which, enough that he's hard to recognise. Exactly. Very well done. Uh, he goes, gets back in, but he also uses one of his eyes. So yeah, another random little comedy gag yeah. where he drops his eyeballs and they roll down uh, ramp. Awkwardly chasing his own eyeballs down the stairs like And then he manages as they fall down the drain he catches one by like the fucking strands yeah, it's, a real, it's a real random Mr. Bean moment yeah. with his own <laughs> eyeballs in the middle of this quite serious crime movie Yeah. <laughs> so he uses the eye to get in which is another tiny floor it's a big floor where he uh, his eye still works and he can get into the building like, yeah. I feel like they would have locked that down Yeah. But, Update that in the system. Yeah yeah, they're probably like, oh shit, why don't we do that? And like, uh, why would you come back to the office? Obviously, for reasons, mm. like, he would come back. Don't, but don't at least, risk it. At least send me an email if he does. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so he goes in, he gets caught by Wally, and he's like, Adios. Oh, this is Wally at his worst, too. Yeah. Because, oh, oh no, we didn't talk about the second time we saw Wally where he was brushing Agatha's teeth. Oh, yeah, brushing Oh, no, teeth no, this like... is when he's brushing Agatha's yeah, teeth. Yeah, he's yeah. Brushing her teeth and being kind of creepy. And just like, okay, to... Wally's a bit creepy here. Like, kind of turn on gross yeah goes in there and then Danny works it out runs out and they seize him and he's like no don't you dare and John just fucking flushes him down as yeah, the train he flushes him doesn't really say where they go out to either no I love um Fletcher Neil McDonough he says I know where those go we need to go underground so the pipes go underground <laughs> 
Well, they escape, so it must yeah. be a long way away. I don't know. Like that's another, yeah, another weird moment where they've they've either had to edit something out for time or just skipped over it. But yeah, apparently he just flushes them straight out to freedom. That's it. Fucking run away. And they're in his car. And and what are those pipes for? Like, is that the fire evacuation thing for the precogs? In which case, you'd like to know where they end up. Yeah. Like, why why is it there in the first place? Maybe they actually flush that liquid out after a while. It what? definitely is made because it like kicks her out of the chair and everything. It's made to take them. I'm pretty sure. No, he grabs her. Oh, true, he does. Yeah, yeah. he grabs her. Maybe it's just a drainage fine. thing. Yeah, maybe drink. In which case, put a grate over it. They probably piss in there, don't they? Wally does. <laughs> no, that guy's just so... He's way too into the fact that he controls these three people's bodily functions. Yeah, yeah, it's not good. Like, he goes and gets her an outfit, so he disguises yeah. her at, at the Gap. And they like, escape surprisingly easily. Yeah, surprisingly <laughs> easily. It's like as if a big drain just landed out near the car and he just went, rolled into yeah, the exactly. car and went it's off. Like, and like, when he goes to Gap, that's when he finds out he's... Got a Japanese, like, hello, Mr. Whatever his Yakamoto. Name was. Yeah. And he's like, oh, that's my name. Get some clothes for her. And then they go to this hacker mate of his who he got his memories. After a bit more product placement. <laughs> lots, lots more product placement. Lots yeah. of brand names in that section. Basically, the, the hacker guy runs a thing where you basically, uh, how, how would you describe it? Like It's like a virtual reality parlor type thing. Yeah. You know, you're you're either reliving other people's memories or, or indulging or your false fantasies. memories. Yeah. Or, yeah Very total recallish, which. This movie was originally going meant to be written as a sequel to Total Recall. Okay, and, I can see that. And they just it just took too long. Yeah, and they they're like I will just make it its own movie. So oh, that makes sense. I yeah. can see that absolutely working. Yeah, because the they're world. both stories with the same author. Yeah. So oh, true. Yeah. Yeah. So I thought that was pretty cool. The and then Dickiverse. And then Colin Farrell will start in the world's worst remake of anything. Have you seen the Total Recall? Colin Farrell is mm, it? No, it's, I avoided it. I, I I thought you were going to start slagging on Phone Booth, which I fucking love. No, Phone Booth rule. <laughs> I, almost everything that Colin Farrell's in is great, but that is one of the worst movies ever seen. And I wow, okay, watch yeah, a lot, but that was stink fest. You can't beat Total Recall, and you especially can't beat it when you're trying to make a gritty reboot of it. Yeah, no, absolutely not. So this hacker helps him extract the memory from Agatha, and they work out pretty quickly. There's no Minority Report. What she is seeing is the same as what was on the that was still on the computer. Yeah, which is when he very went to confusing because we we're expecting to see something different. Yeah. So he's like, fuck, I'm meant to kill this guy. This is this sucks. Yeah. yeah, so the whole point of kidnapping her was to do this, but it's uh, not worked mm. out. And he was trying to prove that he would not kill Le- Leo Crow, or maybe would not kill Leo Crow, and ended up proving the opposite, right? That is exactly right. Yeah, he sees the, vi- the viz of Anne Lively drowning again. Um, they escape from there, so basically pre-crime, figure out, oh, that's right, because Danny is sitting at John's desk and is like, I think he's brought in all the equipment yeah, from home. Yeah, he's looking at all the gear and he's going, where'd all this come from? They go, oh, we kind of cobbled it together. And then he's, yeah, open up and it's like a fucking ID of the hacker yeah. guy, which I'm like, is that how things are made now? They have yeah, an ID you, of- you, you put a copy of your driver's license inside every electronic product you sell. <laughs> Yeah, that and was... also, like, it does hint at the idea that Tom Cruise built this computer. Yeah. <laughs> Just like uh, Henry Cavill building his own computer. Yeah, like, Tom Cruise is a real tech nerd. <laughs> ordering ordering bits and pieces and, you know, he's got his cool gaming mouse. And Well, hang on. If he's 2054 and he's 40... Actually, Tom Cruise is my age pretty much in this movie. Okay. Which makes me feel... Do <laughs> feel old? I don't know. He looks older than I feel. So, anyway. Um, That's a win. Yeah. <laughs> so that makes him... What year would he been born in if he's 40 20, so if he was born in 2015 or so which I guess you would be yeah, true. tech savvy now yeah yeah um, they, those zoomers they've got their mechanical keyboards and whatnot that's right yeah so they that's where how they know to go to the hackers workplace to try and find yeah. try and find John so they managed to just escape just in time and they you Agatha basically which is a thing that doesn't make sense like they only see murders but then mm. she's helping him she's like grab the umbrella stop here wait for the balloon guy wait 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 and so mm. they get away because she knows she can I had a see. bit of this too because it appears that when like they say we keep them doped up so they're half asleep their psychic visions are better and stuff then three of them need to be together to get clear psychic visions and then we see Agatha sober alone and way more psychic than ever before yeah so I don't think they're drugging her to get her into the right frame of mind they're drugging her to keep them concent- sedate yeah and to concentrate where they want her to oh yeah to look maybe uh, so yeah because of that uh, she yeah suddenly she's like full on predicting everything that's about to happen around them all the time. Yeah, like she says to one woman, she's like, he knows, don't go home. And then she's like, give that old homeless guy change so that she knows that the people yeah, chasing Yeah, throws that homeless over. guy under the bus. <laughs> he's like, his ribs broken by 
these yeah. cops tripping this over dude can get the shit kicked out of him for us. Well, I guess John Anderton's fine. Doesn't matter. Yeah, she's cold. They go to the hotel where the, all the uh, murder is meant to happen. And fun little fact. So the clerk at the hotel, mm-hmm. he's got like the tattooed face and everything. Yeah. Like I looked at him and like, God, he looks familiar. Apparently he's in Lost, but I didn't watch Lost. So I didn't know him from that. Anyway, I looked it up. He is Tom Cruise's cousin. Oh. First cousin. Because like I thought he looked familiar as well. Yeah. As in, you wouldn't, like they don't look that much alike. But yeah, that's uh, it's his first cousin. Nice to, nice to know nepotism is still strong yeah. and well in Hollywood. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he works at the room is, goes upstairs and there's this little moment where they go into the wrong one because the number's upside down. Yeah. Very pointless. Yeah, again, not needed. Yeah, not needed. That could have cut right. a couple minutes off that movie. It's because they had both a six and a nine in the prediction at the beginning oh, and then yeah. they just kind of, they got to this bit at the end, realised they hadn't used that yet. Yeah. So they're like, oh, make something happen. So the first room, nothing's <laughs> in there, breaks into the second room and there is just photos everywhere. It's all of children. He immediately finds a photo of his own son. Yeah, literally a queen bed worth of photos of children. Yeah. And he's like, this is my son, has a little bit of a moment thinking about his son and realises, oh, this guy is probably kidnapped yeah. my son. And he's just to find that one, like, passport photo of his son really quickly amongst this enormous yeah, this stack. fucking pile of fucking photos spread out on the bed. Leo Crow wanders in and meanwhile... It's clear Agatha, we've got some kind of super pedophile on our hands. He's apparently abducted hundreds of children. And then just fucking <laughs> leaves all these photos around, just, like, rolls around on them. But just the sheer number. Like, yeah. there's so many kids. <laughs> yeah, because I don't think they were all double, like, multiple photos of the children. Agatha's begging him, you can leave, you, you have a choice in this, you don't have to do this. And John's like, oh, no, I'm going to fucking kill him. Now, I, I get why it was projected. because yeah. I he, he's the magician who took my kid. He's the magic pedophile who swapped, yeah. <laughs> flew in where no one can see him. Swooped in. Leo admits that he took and killed Sean, said it, it was gentle, all this creepy stuff. Yeah, uh, a lot of creepy have, stuff. I have a big... Uh, bought him a pretzel. Yeah, bought him a pretzel and like chucked him in a barrel in the ocean, didn't sink and like, oh, too much detail. Please. Yeah, that was... There's a big fist fight. Agatha's absolutely freaking out. Um, obviously, I mean, if all you see is death and murder, I guess seeing that in real life probably yeah, looks fucking suck. I've never, I've never heard of this actress before. I don't think I've ever seen her since, but She's really good. Yeah, she's she's, good. she's, she's her freakouts are look. She's genuine. got a great scream. She does like sincere grief and pain very well. Mm. She like here's his Bulgari watch that uh, <laughs> uh, has a time. He always sets a timer for when the murder's meant to happen, and yeah. it goes off. And he is about to shoot him, and is like, "No, nope, I'm going to read you my Miranda mm. rights. Agatha's right. I have a choice in this, and I'm going this to." Is, this is that big that big hero's turn we were waiting for, yep. where he's faced with his moral crisis and, and he does decides the right thing. to do the right thing yep Leo then says no you have to do it otherwise my family get nothing it's quickly revealed that it was a setup. Leo doesn't know who paid him for this but basically whose family gonna get this big payout if he was killed if he took the blame for this thing yeah he's he didn't do he's been let out of prison early so that he can get himself killed by Tom Cruise and pretend to be a pedophile all for the sake of his family getting a bunch of money I assume Leo gets really angry and like tries to force him to shoot he's like you, you gotta kill me otherwise I don't my family gets nothing this is, wasn't worth it have a bit of wrestle and he gets accidentally shot and falls at the window. So it happens exactly yeah, as Yeah, um, the prediction comes true 100%. There's a few little bits in between there that we didn't see the first time. It's, yeah. it's cleverly done because right as we think that the future has been changed, we find out that, no, this is how it was always going to play out. Yes, that's right. Later on, Danny visits the scene and this is where Danny has a really big moment of like turning yeah. around. It's like he's been a jerk up until this point, but he looks at this and he's like, this is ridiculous. Like this is what we call it, orgy of evidence. No yeah. one does this. This yeah, is clearly like, set up. I think this has been set up against John. Yeah. And now I'm on John's side. Yeah, and I think we see a few little flickers of doubt in him before, but this is the moment where Danny really, like, that character gets to do a bit of a face turn and go, okay, I've been the douchebag the whole time, but I'm trying to do the right thing here. It's just that for the last hour and a half, I've thought the right thing was arresting that guy. So he goes to Lamar and to say, that yeah, I think that it's been a setup for against John, and then he's like, and also, like, found this video from the hacker that was of... And this Anne Lively lady being drowned, but I actually compared it to the original footage, and it's actually two different murders. Yeah, some real good detective work here. Yeah, he does a really good because he's like, look at the like the the one that the twins saw. The water goes this way, but the one that Agatha sees, yeah. the water's going this way. It's clearly set, and I think what it is is someone has set it up 
someone knows what the precog saw and then is recreating it immediately after and it'll be yeah. deleted like an echo. It's another one of those real classic crime mystery type moments yeah. where, as you pointed out in the, the first episode about this movie, the three precogs are all named after crime, crime, writers, crime yeah. mystery authors. So this is one of those moments. It's very much like it's a Sherlock Holmes or a Poirot thing of going, ah, but you see the ripples are heading in the other direction. Yeah. <laughs> and Which that is... gives away the game. And Lamar's like, hmm, yes, I guess you've found this. What could it possibly mean? Also, I don't hear any helicopters or anything. Isn't that funny? Bang, shoots him. Yeah. And reveal, tells us straight away that this is all Lamar's doing. It's all been set up on his behalf and he's also set it up so far as that he... Yes. They made a John's house unit mm. to talk about all this stuff and so he's also done that to set up that John has Yeah, shot. Lamar's made himself very comfortable in John's house as well. Yeah, he's just he's like up, chilling so in the armchair so having like a, a glass of wine. How he, I don't know how he's set it up. Like he's just put a bubble around yeah. John's house so that the priest cogs can't see No, well, there. it's because Agatha's not there. Oh, okay. And so, so he's sitting there going, you know, he's being a real dick about it. He's foreshadowing this murder. He's sitting there saying to Colin Farrell, he's like, there's no cops here. There's no helicopters outside. Do you know why? And then it's because they don't know I'm about to kill you. Yep. Bang. <laughs> yeah, poor Danny just like really started to redeem himself and immediately gets shot and killed. Yeah, which I, again, I thought was a great moment. That really impacted me. I, I saw that and went, oh, good choice, Spielberg. Yeah, like he could have gone this big redemptive arc and well, saved the day. Well, you can't have two heroes in a Tom Cruise movie. Absolutely not. Tom Cruise is the hero. <laughs> and not how dare anyone else try. So John and Agatha, they end up going to his wife Lara's house, his ex-wife Lara's house. He's actually worked out that it was all set. Like while he's talking to his ex-wife, he kind of figures out, oh, this is yeah. all. We see him coming to kind of the same conclusion yeah. that Danny just has. Yes. Which That's is a real awful. synchronicity. Yeah. I don't know if he necessarily knows it's Lamar straight off the bat. No, he just knows that, that murder's a setup. The Anne Lively one. Yes, that's right. Also, while this hap- whether he's discovering this, so he goes back to Agatha and she's actually finally feeling relaxed and she can actually, which... Again, another moment of just having random new psychic powers that seem to work a lot better than they yeah, did. Well, she's not, well, I guess when she's not drunk, like she's so strong that she can do see a lot. So she can actually see what Sean's future would have been if he'd survived. Yeah, this is... I, I call bullshit on this. This yeah. is another bit that annoyed me. Like, I think what she's actually doing here is she's gone from being a real psychic to, like, a psychic hotline psychic. <laughs> She's gone, okay, I need to get these two people to fucking calm down and get their shit together. We've got work to do. It's going to do a cold read. I'm going to tell them what they need to hear because she's just making shit up. Yeah, she's like, this is, now he's running. But she knew about him running and all that sort of stuff. Like, it's, well, But we also know that he was a shit runner. Yeah, we saw the video. Shit. He was a shit runner. He was That's an right. unco little kid. <laughs> That's true. Tom uh, Cruise is the runner in the family. That's right. Yes. She's like, I'm really sorry, John, but you're going to have to run again. He's like, why? What do you mean? And she's like, she just screams the word run. I, I'm not going to try and do it because I'll deafen everyone. Yeah. But it's, it's a really good, like, she's It's a good scream. Run. It's a great scream. You can see the, the veins popping yeah. in her foreheads. Yeah. Good scream. It's and really impressive. No, but it's, it's a cool moment and it, it's really well delivered and stuff. It just doesn't make any sense. And mm. I like to think that in the world of the movie, she's just bullshitting them, telling Maybe, them what yeah. she thinks they need to hear and having like a, a moment of just kind of, yeah, psychic hotlining them. Oh, just make some stuff yeah, up. Yeah, because what? Why? how could she see it? Like she can't see into old... But is that saying that there's actually... But I guess in theory, a minority report, yeah. the name of the film, is when you get another prediction that is an alternate reality. Yeah. And they usually come from her. So maybe she can she see actually, Yeah, realities. she can see the difference. It just seems like she's, she's jumping to a lot of conclusions. Mm. <laughs> I think it's just meant to be a nice moment. So yeah, it is it, it is a beautiful moment. It justifies why John and Lara inevitably get back together at the end of the movie. So, yeah, pre-crime turns up. because Oh, yeah, because she called Lamar, Lamar to say... Because she trusted him. Because yeah. Danny calls her earlier. Yeah. And goes, hey, is he hiding out there? Yeah. Oh, and she tells him to fuck off. Yes. So, yeah, she she calls Lamar, so Lamar knows and sends pre-crime I think straight there. Point, she even says to Lamar, she's like, I don't trust that Danny guy. He was just around here asking questions. And he's like, don't worry about him as he's dead on the floor. Yeah. They catch John. John has no chance to get away. Put him on a halo and pop him straight into containment. Yeah. And, like, he's That all he's happened fucked. All happened quicker than I expected. Yeah, definitely. Quite quickly. And Lara's kind of left reeling because she's yeah. like... I guess at this point, they're what? They're hitting, like, the two-hour mark of the movie, pretty much. Yeah. So, no time for another action scene. No. Tom Cruise has already indulged himself in all his little skills he has to show off in every movie. Also, he's fucking blind in one yeah. eye. Uh, so, now he's safely away in containment. It means that... Because they essentially that setup has meant proven that pre crime works. 
because they caught one of their own. And so now they're going to roll it out across. And now there's no Being given the big the stamp. Way. All the pieces are coming together. Yep. So Lamar's getting, there's going to be a big ceremony like for the rollout of the countrywide free crime mm-hmm. going out everywhere. He's with Lara. They're talking before he has to go out. And she says, so who's Anne Lively? John was talking about her and talking about the stuff. And he's like, oh, place down. I don't know who she is. Not sure. He yeah. comforts her. He placates yeah. her. He kind of talks his way out of things. And then, but then he says, you know what? I'll, I'll ask about anyone, any drowning victims by that name and find out. And she's like, I didn't say anything about drowning. What are you talking about? Again, another one of those like murder mystery cliches. It's like, it's such a trope. It's that you, you've seen that so many times of the person deny, deny, deny. And then they let slip one little bit of information they yeah. shouldn't have known. And the detective goes, I never said that. And you're like, ah! But yeah. it's Spielberg and he does it well. He does it yeah. really, really well. Yeah. And it is a beautifully performed moment as well. It's mm. very tense and the way you see her hands freeze even though she's yeah. out of shot, I really yeah. liked that moment as well. She figures out there's something going wrong. So she ends up, I don't know how she gets his eyeball, but she... Um, the evidence, all the, the John Anderton evidence is on his desk. I'm assuming uh-huh. for him to then hide or burn later. So he leaves to go and do his speech and go do his press conference and she looks over and there's the big white plastic box on the desk, which is where I assume and she gets eyeball. the eyeball and the gun. Yes. Yep. Um, it's it's her husband's weapon that has been bounced around between all these people now mm. and used for all the killing. That's right. So while Lamar's at the ceremony, yeah, Lara breaks into the containment using John's eyeball Again, and the gun. Very easy. Very easily. No cops on the way. No cops. Uh, she manages to get really get John out, uh, much to, uh, what's his yeah, name? Yeah, let's just stop Gideon's and reiterate, <laughs> yeah. reiterate that. In the space of 10 seconds, this ordinary woman manages to use an eyeball and a 9mm pistol to break her husband out of prison. I guess, in a sense, these prisoners that they've got in the fridge, you know, the people who've been arrested by pre-crime, aren't necessarily all, like, dangerous killers. Most mm. of these people have been arrested for something they were going to do. So, I guess it doesn't need to be maximum security. No, I guess not. Like, yeah, it's a really good point. So, yeah, she she very easily breaks him out. Lies at the ceremony, like, he gets... He was meant to be retiring, but he's not going to, but they get him a present of this little fancy gold gun with gold bullets. Yeah. It's like a throwback to the Civil War, which I'm like... Ew, yeah, yuck. Not a little story that didn't need to be told. No, not really. Uh, I guess they had to get this little gun in there yeah, somehow. In the Civil War, <laughs> they gave them five golden bullets, and I wore an onion on my belt because that was the custom at the time. And <laughs> John ends up calling him while his secretary is like, You've got a really important call you've got to take. Takes the call while everyone's getting autographs from him for some reason. Everyone wants a hat with your name on it. No, they don't. <laughs> no, no one's wanted a hat with anyone's name on no it. No one's wanted a hat ever. Like, especially not in the future where we have future hats. He's not a football player. He's yeah, a exactly. cop. <laughs> so John basically says, I know what you did. And it's our hero on the phone. This is the big dramatic confrontation. He has ascertained that Anne Lively was Agatha's mother, gave her up because she was addicted to heroin, but then she cleaned herself up and went and said, oh, I want to get my daughter back. And they're like, oh, shit, we really need her because she's a pre Yeah, she's really good for my career. Yeah, so then without her, pre-crime won't exist. So he hired a man to kill Anne Lively, knowing that pre- the precogs would prick it up and they would prevent it. So he then was able to recreate that murder almost exactly except the Yeah, water. I actually love this because it's such a surprisingly simple loophole. Yeah. Like, oh, wow, yeah, that would work. Just hire someone to do something, they get caught, and then you immediately do the thing they were going to do exactly the way they were going to do it. It sounds silly and so simple and dumb, but it does make sense. Yeah. So he d- ends up drowning her. And that's why she's known as, they think she's missing. Mm. The precogs see it, but because it looks exactly like, or very mm. much alike what they'd already seen. It gets written it gets off deleted. as one of these echoes. Yeah, there's echo and they just fucking delete. And that's why it's a loophole that could only be taken advantage of by someone within the pre-crime unit, because yes. they're the only people who know about those echoes and that you could disguise yes. a real murder as one. So it's, it's clever. I, I didn't think it was too hard to understand considering no. how convoluted it actually is as a concept. And like it might be harder to, for them to do later, but that was like one of the very first yeah, ones. Yeah, they laid so it out quite clearly. Lara, who's in in all this, she she contacts John's co-worker and says, you need to patch through whatever mm. the... Put it on the big screen. Yeah, put it on the big screen. Because that's And so everyone in the, in the cer- big ceremony sees it and like the wife faints. <laughs> yeah, oh! we, see, we see the original, uh, the not the missing footage from, not the minority report from this murder of Anne Lively, yeah. we see just extended the yeah. director's cut because after the murder it stops. But if you keep playing the tape, you see her getting left behind at the crime scene by the cops really, really flippantly yeah. after someone 
someone's just tried to kill her, they're just like, all right, we stopped him, bye. And they all fuck off. And yep. then who turns up to kill her? Bloody Lamar. Dun, and dun, dun. That's where the wife faints dramatically. <laughs> I've got that written down here. Old lady faints. <laughs> so dramatic. <laughs> Everyone's obviously shocked. So there's a bit of a power walk chase through yeah. the hotel, like downstairs, <laughs> kitchen well, you areas. Can't, you can't <laughs> expect Max von Sydow to sprint no. at a pace with Tom Cruise. No, he'd be fucked. <laughs> and John uh, leads him out to where, and, all, and all while this is happening, the precogs see this crime and like he comes out with their names mm. on the balls and they talking to each other and John's kind of like, well, you should catch 22. This has been predicted. If you don't do it, then pre-crime will be thrown out. But if you do, you're going to go to jail, but then pre-crime yeah, won't. Yeah, it's, it's a fascinating, fascinating little dichotomy they've set up there. I think they even managed to get out of it pretty well too. Like, yeah, so he chooses, he's like, okay, well, I'll choose a third option where I shoot myself. And and it still fulfills what we saw in the, the prediction. Yeah. So in a way he wins because yeah. he actually manages to take the option that doesn't prove pre-crime bullshit. But it doesn't really matter because immediately. He's dead. Yeah, he's A, dead. And they, they're like, all right, pre-crime, get out of here. Because well, yeah. it comes out now that there's under minority report. So yeah. they can't continue on anyway. Basically, John does a voice. Tom Cruise does his voiceover at the end about how that's the end of pre-crime. All prisoners are pardoned and released, although cops keep an eye on them for a while just to make sure they don't go sneaking off doing some more murders. Yeah. Which I feel like could have been the original approach. Mm. You turn up, you stop the crime from happening and you go, look, we're keeping an eye on you now. Yeah, we're going to put an ankle bracelet on you yeah, for a while. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that's actually a really much more positive way to deal with that. Anyway, uh, we talked about cops before. Um, that's what I mean. This is this movie is, whether it means to or not, and probably only because the, the world has changed since and the context yeah. has changed, but it kind of is a cab in the sense that even the best versions, like the perfect cops are still fascist as fuck. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Just because they're not shooting anyone doesn't mean they're all right. Our precogs are released to get to go live normally. They're living in some little shack somewhere, reading books and having a nice time yeah. together. I also yeah. don't understand why that can't be, why that has to be all or nothing. It's a case of, well, we've got these three psychic people who can predict murders and tragedies and deaths. It's either keep them in a fish tank full of photon milk in comas yep. or fuck them off to an island out of nowhere and don't use the powers at all. Like, Yeah. Maybe, he, maybe they were like, can we please never use these powers again? They're yeah. like, okay, we'll just I get, I get put them out in the middle of nowhere so they're not getting random murders or whatever all the time haunting their dreams. Give them a phone. Yeah. <laughs> they're just like out in the middle of nowhere, completely cut off on an island in like Svalbard or something. So yeah, that's that's basically the movie. And also you see Lara is pregnant with their next child and he's back, they're back together and it's very happy ending, yeah. which I read a few people say they didn't. That's really they wraps didn't up like. in a nice little bow. But didn't really like that as an ending, but it's very Spielberg, like... He loves yeah, it. Yeah, he of, has to. Yeah. I, I like it. I thought it was oh, really I think good. it's great. I think it's really fun, solid sci-fi. I'm glad I watched it instead of just assuming I knew everything I needed to mm. know. It really did surprise me quite a bit. Um, there were moments there I wasn't expecting and moments there that sincerely impressed me. And yeah. Awesome. That is good to hear because I fucking love this movie and I love it when other people they say, oh yeah, Minority Report. Yeah, I love that movie. And I'm like, yes. It's the least angry I've got looking at Tom's Cruise face in a long time. Uh, Tom's Cruise, Tom Cruises. Timothy Cruisel, I like to call yes, him. Yes, Timothy. <laughs> okay, well, we've gone through the actual movie. We're gosh, we've, we're fucking nerds talking about yeah. that movie. That's okay. Um, we'll we'll try and breeze through the uh, next few bits. So, I mean, obviously, we both really enjoy that movie, mm-hmm. and it's like it's just a really fun sci-fi time. It's it's a highly like critically did yeah, well. Yeah, I mean, it is and everything. There's a reason I felt like I knew. Yeah. People talk about it. People refer back to it. It really is. I can see now. You know, it's Spielberg doing his thing. It's what it says on the box. It's yeah. Steven Spielberg. It's Tom Cruise. It's sci-fi act. It really is kind of a platonic ideal of that sort of movie. It's yes. Yeah, it's um like World of the Worlds is the other one they did together, which is a bang up. But yeah, I still think my report of the two oh, absolutely. is like the best. If only because it's more fun and it's cooler. It's got that cool factor. Yeah, it's cool. Yeah. It's got a lot of cool stuff in it. And how and they... the people look cool when they're doing things. Yeah, like the, the fact that they, Steven Spielberg had the foresight to like, okay, we're going to create this a realistic future and the, the costume designer was like, mm. we're going to keep their clothing really simple. Yeah. The only thing I didn't like was that they seemed to wear a lot of, like, the men were, like, sleeveless, almost crop top. Yeah, things. yeah. And I'm like, I hope that's not a fashion because that is a daggy yeah, fucking it, top. We, like, weirdly high-cut singlets. Yeah. <laughs> uh, that was, but otherwise, the, the, yeah, the fashion was very contemporary yeah, without being old-fashioned. Well, like it, it, yeah. When did you say it came out? 2002. 2002. So this is nearly a 20-year-old movie yeah. and it doesn't look or feel dated in no. any way. No, no, that's right. Like, this is a movie that could 
could have been made last year. So they yeah did a really good job of that, and you know the only thing there's a, yeah, a couple of little things that haven't dated well, but overall, like there's no particularly dodgy special effects. There's mm. no like there's a few predictions there that are a bit off, but again, even a lot of their their futurism stuff, the things they've gone to all this effort to try and create as realistically as it was going to be, is pretty on the right track. Yeah, and I imagine For like 2054 at least. Nokia you're probably like, oh my god, this is great. Let's make this a thing, and that's how touch screen technology probably got because like yeah. science fiction has I mean, influenced we, actual technology yeah. like Star Trek and everything. Exactly. If we're not all charred corpses in the next five years, this is well and truly what 2054 could look like. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, well, like the disparity between, because they're like, it's like dystopia and utopia. Like it's the disparity between rich yeah. and poor is quite pronounced as well. And like, that's fucking realistic as. Yeah, it's, it's, a, it's a proper dystopia. We tend to see the cleaner parts of it in this movie. Yeah, it's a um, good time. So we'll quickly go through Tom Cruise's running. He actually does not a huge amount of running, but some But when he does, they, they get some good shots. They get, There's definitely some sprints in there that are worth it. Like um, what was one of the first ones? Like, I mean, he runs to go get his drugs. Like he's pretending to go for a run, yeah. gets his drugs. And then there's, yeah, a few sprints because he's, you know, mm. a fugitive on the run. Oh, there was one really good run and I can't even remember what scene uh, there's it was. A, there's a really good sprint shot in the factory because yeah. it's, it's got all like nice white, lit backgrounds yeah. and stuff and he's just like silhouetted sprinting with his straight little fingers. And then he's, uh, they're trying to sh- shoot their weird force field guns at him and he just yeah. fucking dodges them and like, yeah, go. Yeah, but we've got the Tom Cruise sprint in there. Yeah, that's uh, really well done. Up. Stunts, obviously, I mean, I watch all the behind the scenes. Tom Cruise did all those stunts. There was a lot, yeah. a lot of wire work, which I don't mm. think Tom Cruise normally does a lot of wire work. He, no. It's more like actually falling to think, but because it was hanging off a lot of things. I like watching the jetpack scene where he's like, how they did it. Yeah, that, so that, cool. That, and also, like, the jumping between the cars, they would have been able to do some of that. Some of that would have had to be wire work as yeah. well, I think. A lot of blue screen um, technology. Yeah. But and again, even that stuff all holds up. Yeah. Especially because I have a giant fucking TV and I've noticed some movies where I haven't noticed CGI much before, I noticed more on my big TV. But this, there was hardly anything that well, I noticed. Well, because they, they don't rely on it too heavily. No. They don't go overboard. Like, and most of the stuff that CGI is just, like, computer interfaces, so it's just white blue text. Yeah. And then when they do actually try to do something that within the world is fancy CGI, you know, like his hologram home movie brain stuff, it's deliberately like low res and shit. Which probably not realistic. I imagine if we... No, I think that makes kind of makes sense because it's like a new technology. You're pulling thoughts out of people's brains and putting yeah. them on a tape. Yeah, it's it not might be a bit be... fuzzy. Yeah, it would be. Yeah. Especially if it's you're getting it off someone's brain. Yeah, that's a good point. So other Tom Cruise-isms, I do this every fucking I, time. I forget. If you don't Tom have Cruises. it on the list already, I think you should have breath holding stuff because that's seems like something that matters a lot to him. It does, and it is, because there's been a few things like... We <laughs> seems found, like he really cares that we know. Yeah, <laughs> I can hold my breath really well. So that's another Tom criticism. He fucking holds his breath in this movie. Like, other ones we've found that recurrent is a thing where he has was that grenade pins. He doesn't War of the Worlds. does it in Edge of Tomorrow, where he has a surprise. I've pulled the grenade pins out, and now ah, it's blowing no, something no up. No grenades in this movie. No grenades, except for those little uh, spiders who are meant to be based off grenades. Oh, yeah. But otherwise, other Tom criticisms. There's no... Tom Cruise has some big Tom Cruise smiles as one. Yeah. But that's only really in the flashback to... Yeah, when whenever he's talking to Sean. He says the big Tom Cruise. But there's none of the big Tom Cruise, like, laugh and clap. That See, I, I, love. That, that vibe is coming through in the pool scene. Though. Yeah. Very much so. What other ones have you got? Fuck me. People are screaming right now. This one, card. <laughs> that one you always talk about. Other Tom Cruises. Sprinting, breath-holding. Stunts. The Cruise smile. The Cruise smile. Doing his own stunts. Fun. Awkwardly interacting with children. There's no drunken monologue. He's been... He does a, quite a few of those. Oh, yeah. yeah. Well, he does... He does it's it's not a monologue. He does it. He does a two handed scene with his dead son when he's on his off his face on drugs. Oh yeah, he's saying all the lines for the video along with it. Yeah, not quite. It's not quite, but it's close enough. Yeah, that's all I can think of right now. So we won't focus too much on that for now. Well, let's just rate the yeah. movie. We shall review it. Cam, would you like to do the honors and let me know what you rate this movie out of five? I really enjoyed Minority Report to the point where I kind of forgot that I was watching Tom Cruise for a lot of it. He's a person who makes me uncomfortable for a whole bunch of reasons but still I'm gonna have to give this movie four and a half little wooden balls that cannot be counterfeited because of their grain out of five fuck yeah love those non-counterfeitable non-tamperable fucking balls so I'm gonna give it the exact same review um four and a half, four, 4.75 even because it's oh I love this movie so much um the only no four and a half because the why work left a little bit to be desired and there's a couple of goofs that I don't think should have made it into the movie so four and a half <laughs> 
Surprise, old lady smooches out of five. Yeah, great movie. Fucking go watch it. If you haven't seen it already, go watch it. It rules. If you're in Australia, it's on stand. Otherwise, get the Blu-ray because it's really good in Blu-ray on your TV. Mm -hmm. It's actually really fun to talk about after too. Fuck yeah. (laughs) Once you've seen it, you'll be like, oh, I get so many fucking references to things that I just didn't know were things. Awesome. Well, Cam, uh, that's all all we're going to do today. Uh, Can we grab where we can find you online? You can find me on Twitter at number three. That's at N-O under score three the digit i tweet a bit but not much every now and again you'll see something dumb i've made otherwise i'll just be fucking around here in brisbane making things nice uh, as per usual you can find me on tom cruise reviews on instagram or tom cruise review without the s on twitter or just my website tom cruise reviews Thank you so much for listening. Please go watch Minority Report immediately if you haven't already. And I will catch you next time. 